Oh, hello. Welcome to Your Fest, the podcast that's all about festivals. My name is Johnny Sharples, and I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined as ever and always by my mustachioed co-host, Tommy Stewart. Tommy, welcome along. <laughs> Thanks, mate. You're all right. Yeah, did you enjoy that intro? Very pleasant. Oh, God. Uh, dear listener, it took him uh, multiple takes to get that one right. The, the, the good old, oh, hello. Don't reveal the behind the curtain. No, um, shit, yeah. For anybody that's not listened before, do you want to give a brief explainer of what Your Fest is all about? Yeah, Your Fest is your dream festival lineup. Uh, three nights, three headliners. Uh, we need a name of the festival and a location. It can be anyone, dead or alive, hypothetical, whatever you want. And we have a guest. And our guest this week is, for the second week in a row, Tommy's forgotten to mention that we have a guest. Fuck's sake. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, our guest this week is radio, formerly of Radio 1 and the BBC Asian Network and now can be heard on BBC Radio 5 Live. It's Nahal Afranaika. Uh, Nahal has done pretty much every single job in music, but I think put, this might be the first time he's ever put a festival on, I think. I think we mentioned that. Yeah, well, he's, he, uh, you'll hear in the episode, but yeah, he does talk about um, putting gigs on when he was younger. Um, but I won't give away too much. You will hear. Should we hear it right now? Let's go for it. This is Your Fest episode four with Nahal Afranaika. Let's go! Woo! Hello, Nahal, welcome to Your Fest and the Your Fest planning committee. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to, uh, to planning this festival. I get the feeling you've you've done just about every job. Sorry, in in music before you've been a PR, you've been a DJ, you've been in bands, you've been a rapper, you've presented, you've been a journalist. So I sort of get the impression that this might not have been might not be the first fest music festival that you've ever like put together. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I was promoting hip hop club nights when I was sixteen. You know, so I started off in Essex by it was in a venue called the Square. And the rave scene had really come in in, like, in the 80s. And we decided to do the revival of rap. Like we wanted to bring rap back uh, in like the 80s. Like I must have been about 87. Sorry, it was 1987. Yeah. So it was like we were just, so we're 16 years old and we called it revival of rap. And we got all our mates, DJs, MCs, dancers. We put the thing together, get these little flyers printed out four to a page, cut them out, give them out in the town centre. And come the day of the event, it was ramo. Like there was just a queue going all the way down of all these people of our age. And it was amazing. Like, it was amazing. Then we put the second one on and someone got stabbed at it and that was it. Like the square, <laughs> the square wouldn't let us put on events like that anymore. Um, but it was cool. Like, I didn't we expect you to say that. I did not yeah, expect that. Now. That's what happened, right? Some guys from London oh. came down and they had a tear up and they stabbed one of our friends, right, in the leg. Um, You're right. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He definitely survived it without a doubt. Uh, and then he went on his own crazy journey in life, which ended up with him being a born again Christian. But I don't know if that's related. But it always uh, ends it that was, way. It always it was, ends that way. It says that way, right? So um, yeah. So that was my first kind of. Um, experience of putting on a, a live music event and it was amazing there's a VHS recorder video of it at my mum's house still actually of that of it. I've got, I've got to transfer wow. that somehow and uh, and watch that again because it's amazing that's you know 
33 years ago. You know, we just put, we were putting on rap events in the 80s. You know, it's amazing. When I look back on it, I do think to myself, you were destined to do this stuff, right? You were just destined to do it because it started so young. Because it's only when you get older, you, you, you understand that that wasn't a normal thing for 16-year-olds to be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's because it's like I remember I grew up with like loads of my friends being in like rock bands and metal bands and stuff, and it's like you you expect that sort of. I I, I was in one band, but like loads of my mates were in, in loads of bands, and you sort of do anticipate that that's what everyone growing up goes through. Like everyone has mates that are in bands, and then you meet people at university and stuff, and it's like they've never known anyone that's been like picked up a guitar at all. And it's like you used to be down the pub or down like one of the nightclubs every week, like listening to but hip hip hop hip hop in the eighties though. Like I bet not many people were doing that, particularly bloody sixteen year olds. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was a massive time for hip hop. It was a massive time. I mean, everybody now because UK rap is so massive, it wasn't then, right? It wasn't, but it was all American hip hop. It was all that. And we had some of those vinyls I've got up here now in, in my office here at home. And, um, and it was just a huge, huge thing, but it had it gone on the wane again because rave music had come in and people were doing acid trips. And it was just, I think before, or maybe it was about the time that pills were really, coming in but i didn't really remember i remember people doing a lot of acid then they were doing tabs and going to raves and we weren't into that like we just weren't into that we were into hip-hop we were we were like really tribal about hip-hop and rap music that's why we called it the revival of rap because we were just like we want to bring rap back you know to that to, as, to if, our as if you're peers. trying to do that in in 87 were, were you uh were you ever did you ever put yourself on the bills I mean, yeah 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 because oh, yeah, yeah, i was a rapper so that I've was part yourself. of it. And, and obviously we headlined it, right? So we're like, yeah, we, we, it's our party. We're headlining it. You know, fuck off. We're doing it. So it was, uh, it was, uh, we, we, yeah, we did that. You know, we were, I was MC Crazy A at the time, I remember. Uh, and DJ Colt 45. And um, yeah, we had our little crew. And we, you know, Do you remember any of your bars? Uh, no, not really. There's... I, there's a there's a rap that's actually there's a video of it on youtube but it's just the, the album cover and i was on a compilation album i think in 87 or 88 and it's a track called into the music by mc crazy a it's like fox with the sly like wolfness stupid not stupid like fullness care raising <laughs> double e is i can't remember Yes, um, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened like, like, to it. I've listened to it before. Proper 80s bars it is, like really 80s bars. Like it's not that whole kind of grime. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like that. that it's not that garage skippy flow either. It's kind of UK hip hop um, not sounding American. Because a lot of people just wanted to sound American. They just thought there's no way they're going to get it. But I don't think I sound American in it. I listened to it. Um, I did Hip Hop Save My Life, Ramesh Ranganathan's podcast, and he played it in that and uh, heard it for the first time. Yeah. Did, did you ever run into any trouble at that time? With because I know there was a big like media outcry around like when the Beastie Boys first came over here and did a tour with, um, was it with Run DMC? Uh, yeah. They got into yeah. there was loads of stuff in the media about how they were the most dangerous group in the world. Did that sort of, you know, come down to yeah. that trickle down to you guys as well? So yeah, absolutely. I think we felt like much like the punks felt like like 15 years before or whatever or maybe well it would have been the late 70s right the punks so not even 10 years before 
right? We we would have felt like that. We it was it was anti-establishment music, right? It was music that that was the thing I hated about Britpop. That I think I want to I want my kids I want my kids to have some form of music that I hate. <laughs> and my parents hated my music. My my dad told me to take down a Run DMC T-shirt off the washing line because it had the word suckers in it. (laughs) 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 He didn't really know what it meant, but it didn't look right to him. It was like, you've got to take that down. And all he said was, I think we slay all suckers who perpetrate. I didn't even know what perpetrate means. And suckers There's more context now, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. But also as well, there was another T-shirt we had by this kind of um, Asian rap metal band called Fundamental. And it had a picture, which was a stock news picture of uh, Iranian women in their chadals, their long black gowns um, at a shooting range. So you've got these four or five women lined up in their chadals at a firing range. And, and on the back, it said, you have never seen the wrath of the black man. I, my dad did not approve of that in a village in Essex, that hanging from a, that hanging from a, with our white neighbours everywhere. That was like, yeah, yeah. The only the only rough I was going to see was from a brown man, and that was my dad. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so no, but you felt kind of revolution. And I remember Beastie Boys. So this thing happened. So the Beastie Boys used to wear VW, Volkswagen, the actual badges from cars, right? So this became a massive thing. People were, ter- they were no- literally, you would see Volkswagens driving up down with no badges on. People were, ri- there was not a Volkswagen in our hometown, which I, I even got, I bought it off someone because he like took a hacksaw to a Mercedes, like a proper Mercedes. So you used to have Mercedes badges, not in the grill, but on top, like a proper metal one. And I had one of those around my neck. You know, oh and we God. were and we and we were tagging as well. So we were putting up our signatures, our rap signatures everywhere, buses, walls, everywhere. Like we were, we had just markers with us all the time. And then suddenly, it's a, like looking around, and then bang, like that. <laughs> Put your big signature as big as you can. There was people that were using um, like cans of um, boot polish right you know those cans and they're like that they're kind of like that shape and they've got boot polish in it right and they're this shape yeah so they take all the boot polish out of it put a sponge in it and then put ink on the sponge and use it as a giant marker pen so the marker pen was that <laughs> wide they put their tag up on the side of a bus or a track it was insane like, that's we so much like, easier than painting than spray painting as well yeah so, so much, much easier. easier so much easier. <laughs> potentially has that shit yeah it does it does so we were tagging a lot um and we felt, yeah, like it felt alternative. And also as well as a person of color, it just gave you a lot of pride in your own color because Public Enemy came out in like 88, 89 or 87. Um, no, it must've been, Public Enemy must've, I was still at school, I think. I think Nation of Millions was 89, top of my head. But is, yeah, is but, was that but my first album? I think album? the single, there was a single called Public Enemy Number One, which has got this amazing sample in it yeah. from Fred Wesley. And I remember going to Groove Records in Soho, which was the hip hop record shop in central London. 
and then taking it. We couldn't wait to get home to Harlow in Essex to play it. So we stopped off at my mate's grandmother's house in Walthamstow just so we could put it on a record player and listen to it. We couldn't even wait to get back home. We were just so excited (laughs) by that. Right. And I remember those. I remember that moment like it was yesterday, you know, so. I, as you're finding out, Johnny, I answer questions really long answers. <laughs> and by the end of it, I haven't even worked out what the question originally was. But um, yeah, we felt we That's felt like we, we, were, we were a tribe. There was no question we were a tribe. And, and that tribe was hip Yeah, it was, it was hip-hop. It was hip-hop. We were, we were deeply embedded in hip-hop culture. I still am to this day. I love hip-hop culture. It's my, it's my number one thing. You say people were like walking around stealing like the VW signs, but no one was walking around stealing like clocks to be like Flavor Flav to wear around their necks. <laughs> it was all about the VW. What, yeah, there was, I think there might have been a few people. Just, but everyone wanted, um, you could get gold name, name chains like with your name on it in gold. Like people wanted that. There was belt buckles which you would have with your name on it, you know, with your rap name or your graffiti name. And what it is is a belt buckle, but you could just put the individual letters in it. So you could just put anything in there like Tommy S or Johnny S or whatever. And, and those things were amazing. And then there was a whole uniform. There was these things called V-Bomber, uh, triple fat goose jackets, which were these really amazing um, Jack Puffer, leather puffer with a big fur collar on it. And it was like, it was, it was yeah. sick. Like, oh, there was this whole uniform that, um, that actually watching, now... Um, about your, yeah. about you saying about the... Um... The letters thing. I was watching do the right thing the other day. Oh, and you know he's got he's got the the um, the rings on his fingers. Yes, yeah, it was that. That's another old school hip hop thing. Radio Raheem. Well, yeah. Love and hate. Radio Raheem. Yeah. Yeah. Story yeah. of life is this static. One hand is always fighting the other hand, and the left hand is kicking much ass. I mean, it looks like the right hand love is finished. But hold on, stop the presses, the right hand's coming back. Yeah, he got the left hand on the ropes now, that's right. Yeah, ooh, it's a devastating right and hate is hurt. Down, ooh, uh, Johnny, should we, should we move on to the festival? I wanted to know what your hip-hop name would be if you were, Tommy, if you were into... Yeah, oh, what would it mate, What would you, what would you have on your belt buckle? I've had, I've had it, mate, I've, I've got, I've got hip-hop songs. I've got them, I've, I've just never put them out there. Are you doing the Wu-Tang thing now? I'm exactly doing that. I'm literally going to <laughs> Wu-Tang name generator I and see what Tommy which Stewart... Is how, which, which is how Childish Gambino got his name, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, it is. Okay. Oh, but... you're, you're a rough contender. That's not bad. R-U-F-F, rough contender. That's what... That is that is right. And let's see what Johnny Sharples is. So I reckon it, Jay, Jay Sharp's a good. I think it, but I think that's too white person trying to think of it. No, you're mighty contender. So it's rough contender and mighty contender. I think it works really oh, well. Man. You're the contenders. You that's what your rap oh. group. It's like the pretenders, but more hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine, mine was always mine was one I had was guns with a Z because it wasn't anything to violence. It's because in um, Tommy Guns. Yeah, when I play football, at Tommy Gun. So yeah, yeah, that was it. Tommy Guns. Yeah. Which is all right, but also it sounds like um, like yeah. Um, but okay, let's start with. Should we start with the name and location of the festival? If you've thought of that yeah. yet. If not, yeah. we can start okay. with, with no, the no, first. No, 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 no. So I'm thinking about this, right? So I've DJed at a festival in Sri Lanka called the Electric Peacock 
which I always thought was the best name for a festival. Electric Peacock. But I would like to call it, if it's in Sri Lanka, I want to call it Colombo Selector. <laughs> oh, that's what, Mate. Call, that's what I want to call it. So, Had Colum- you thought of that before oh, this? No, you were just telling me. I was like, right, oh, Sri Lanka, Colombo, Bo Selector, happy days. Colombo Selector. That's what I would <laughs> Are we having it in Colombo then? Just to yeah, we would have it in Colombo. Yeah, we would have it in Colombo. But I think we'd do it in we'd do a Friday day. Okay, this is this is the thing, right? We do a Friday day in Colombo festival. Yeah. Amazing. And then and then on Saturday and Sunday it will we would travel to the coast for for it to say so go city on the first day. Yeah. Beach Saturday Sunday. Oh, no, this is why I like you. You've gone so aspirational, like big picture, because the amount of, uh, well, we, we just had some weird locations so far, but we, I don't think I even warned you about all that. And straight away, within like 10 minutes, you've, you've come up with that, which is fucking great. So you, you, must been, you must have been to festivals all around the world. Like, yeah. Do you think there's different vibes between UK festivals and like overseas festivals? Is, are we much like... I think I think I think festivals over here are quite boring compared to like the the sort of photographs that you see of festivals that are taking place in say Spain or stuff like that. I think I, it's really the weather. I don't I don't I don't agree actually. I think that I think we probably have some of the best festivals in the world where people really really let go. It's difficult. It's interesting that I've been to it's it's okay. So when it's house and it's it's more clubby. So SW4 for instance in London, which is really clubby. It's it's interesting to then go to a place. So we were with a friend of ours who lives in Dubai at a festival in, in London. And he he made the, the, the thing about how different a festival is when, when you're in a country where there's little drugs, right? So where there's much more of a crap down on drugs, it's very different experience. Whereas, you know, I've been to Fuji Rock in Japan, right? And it's just, they're very polite. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, and then I've been at Lollapalooza in Chicago. And that was extraordinary, right? Because Americans know how to, they, they know how to go in Americans. Party-wise or? Yeah, party, in all ways, right? They just, they, you know, Lollapalooza was mad. It got shut down on the Saturday night because a storm came in of such ferocity that they had to close it down. They had to cancel the, I can't remember, it's Foo Fighters headlining Saturday night. Um, and I think the night, I DJed in like mid-afternoon and then I went to see Childish Gambino play. Sorry, I'm just scared of the future. Till 2005, I got your back, we can do this. Hold up. No matter what you say, what you do. When I'm alone, I'd rather be with you. Yeah, it was years ago. It was years ago. So I, I think when he, that... when he was just kind of rapping. Like yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was. But I'd supported him on Radio One, so we got to hang out and was in backstage <laughs> with him. And 
then we went to a party with him afterwards in Chicago. It was like amazing weekend. Um, yeah, it was great. And I was with this rapper called Humble the Poet, um, who was my MC when I was at Lollapalooza, who's an amazing MC. Um, and he's really good friends with Lily Singh, the, the big YouTuber. Um, and we, yeah, we just hung out in Chicago, which was amazing. But Fuji Rock, for instance, um, the Japanese kids, they'd smoke and then they'd tip their ash into a little box around their neck. And then they would queue up and tip the ash into a bin. Like, oh, that's how clean Fuji Rock was. I'm and sorry, like, but... But, but it, it does... I mean, you go to any festival, we are pigs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We live like pigs. Like, if you're Japanese and you came to Reading, you just go, <laughs> what are these people? These savages, right? <laughs> you go to Glastonbury, you go, these people are disgusting. You just, you're Japanese. I mean, that is one extreme of it, but I mean, you have to rate them for for uh, for that. I remember interviewing Jack White at that festival actually many years ago. Um, yeah, which was uh, which was quite a thing. So yeah, so I I think the the the, in, the British festival crowd is is amazing. I mean, I'd love to go to Tea in the Park. People have told me that the Scottish crowd Tea in the Park is is amazing. Um, yeah, they go proper yeah. mad for it, don't they? Yeah, I'm a little bit terrified of park life because every time yeah. I, I ever see reports of it, it's just loads of mad people having a fight and rolling around Not in that. Yeah, yeah, like living I mean, in Manchester when park life is on is like Tommy, Tommy's, Tommy's this, Tommy will be the same. Like just the whole city just transforms into because there's no camping there like there is with most festivals. So they're all either staying in Airbnbs or hotels in the city centre and then making their way back over to Heaton Park. So you'll just see them, you'll be driving through and there'll just be hordes of lads in their like shorts and t-shirt and girls with their like festival gear on just hanging around waiting for a taxi to take them to Heaton Park. And it's just so like yeah, I don't know when it's on the whole city. I, like. I used to work for for Park Life. Um, just before I worked for BBC, I uh, I did like the social media and stuff, which was great because I got to like I always did the Now Wave stage, so they had acts like uh, King Cruel and Johnny Marr, oh, wow. and then a few like low key hip hop acts. So we'll we'll move into uh, the lineup for <laughs> Colombo Selector. Uh, it's hard to say it with a straight face. I can't imagine queuing up for tickets. You know that they used to sell tickets like Reading and Leeds in HMV and stuff like that. Yeah. I can't imagine queuing up and go, like HMV in Colombo, which I imagine <laughs> is probably a branch, and go, can I have uh, a couple of tickets for Colombo Selector? And then queue <laughs> for straight face. But so Friday night, we're in the city, we're in the city centre. Oh, by the way, Selector obviously spelt with an A on the end, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Of course, of course. So I just want to make it clear. <laughs> we don't want to put our planning permission application in and we've spelt it wrong and then no. we're the festival they're all like this isn't what we no. were promised so friday no. night we're in the city who are you picking as your friday night headliner i think friday day wasn't it friday, friday day friday headliner day. sorry yeah friday day i think that it's uh it's an urban it's an urban festival in the day so i would like to have i want jacob collier to play it because I'm a huge fan of Jacob Collier. I think his music, his artistry is brilliant. Uh, I'd want Joy Crooks to play it. Nice. Um, so, so it's quite, a, it's quite, that's quite chill as we start off um, the day. Um, how many acts do you reckon we'll get? Five, six acts in? Whatever you want, mate. I mean, like, 
the headline is the main part but yeah if, yeah if you want to describe like the whole yeah if you want a few just to kind of build up and and build up the foundations well, of the day yeah i think that um i'd like giles peterson to dj mm. excellent show because i think that's a that's a a good shout i love giles uh and what he does um have you worked with him before have you oh yeah you DJed yeah, yeah. With him before yeah I, I dj'd his festival before actually his no not his festival the night that he does in london um yes. and it was amazing it was so amazing to play to his his crowd um because i need some hip-hop to be in there got to get some big names right so mm-hmm. i think uh and remember I it can think, be of all time dead or alive yeah yeah um then i have to have bill withers afternoon right really yeah. actually bill withers will be there as the sun goes down and it's just you know uh i want i want kendrick lamar on the is bill. this all on one day this is all on the friday yeah it's friday we haven't got into the saturday or the sunday yet man this is just like <laughs> it is just like you're flying into sri lanka to colombo selector because it is oh. the most thing to say now it is you know this is i'm just trying to think of a place where someone that's kind of funky guitar-y I mean it's, it's definitely a band I've got on my mind uh, um, oh, oh, oh. Uh, oh no one would know they are so they'd have to open up but I'd like okay. to get I'd like to get easy life to open up easy life yeah because I think they just they just mix and merge so many cool things, Easy Life, and they visually. Tell us about, they, Tell us about Easy Life. They're like uh, they're from they're from Leicester, and they've got all these different uh, psychedelia, hip hop. They've got jazz in there, indie. They've got Afrobeat. Like it's such a melange of of things. They've only been around a couple of years actually, but the lead singer is is superb he's such a star such stylish and i think that that's the kind of wild card i'd put on but the sri lankan audience is like really really um conservative so i think right. it'll go kendrick lamar and then to headline actually so even though it's a daytime festival by that i mean it finishes at like nine o'clock yeah right? And so my headliner that goes on at eight, because it's Sri Lanka, right? So it's a big tourist place, lots of ages, people. I'm thinking that Sunday afternoon slot at Glastonbury. Lionel Richie. Kendrick Lamar into Lionel Richie is. Oh right. my god! I'm just looking at. I'm. I'm looking at. Charles uh, Peterson into Bill Withers into Kendrick Lamar into Lionel Richie. I mean, that's never been done before. 
it's, it's Columbo selector, mate. What are you expecting? You won't exactly. expect the unexpected. Exactly. But also as well, the thing about DJing is anyone can DJ, but actually the best DJs are the, are the best selectors. They know how to select in ways that are not obvious. And that's why Columbo selector is about the selection, right? <laughs> it's about the flow of the things that don't necessarily make sense. That's why, that's why Jacob Collier, Joy Crooks and Easy Life would be quite interesting. Because I think if you haven't heard of any of them, then that's fine, but you'll love them. They're such high quality. I mean, look, J Jacob Collier is 25 from North London. He's managed by Quincy Jones. Like, that's how he's won like two Grammys, this kid. He's unbelievable. Jesus. Yeah, he's an um. He reworks the Flintstones theme tune. You've got to hear it. It's, it's, it's <laughs> a genius. Flintstones, made with Flintstones. They're a modern Stone Age family. Okay, so that's Friday, sorted, right? Have you seen Lionel Richie before, or is he someone that you. Um, I worked with him for one day as his <laughs> PR at the Mobo Festival, and he was the nicest man. And then a mate of mine kind of, kind of was his day-to-day -day manager for a few years and lived in LA with him. Um, and he's like the nicest man I've ever met in music. Of that level, he's, you know, he's, he's just extraordinary. That's going to yeah. be, I, I feel like we'll have a few guests who will have, I mean, as many kind of anecdotal evidence of actually having met the people that they're selecting it's it's, <laughs> it's mad like yeah. you just you just chuck him out there and then johnny puts out there like that i probably won't have it's like yeah i did actually work with him for a, for a day <laughs> a day yeah me and my, <laughs> me and my girlfriend mad. once we went on uh, we went on for a, like a weekend holiday into north wales and uh, we were coming back on like the sunday afternoon and there was like tailbacks and tailbacks when we were coming back and uh, we eventually got into like Colwyn Bay, which is on the way back into Man, uh, between where we were staying, and uh, in Manchester on the way back. And it was like the tailbacks were because Lionel Richie was playing in Colwyn Bay, and it's like <laughs> of all the places, like I mean, you know, Colombo and Colwyn Bay probably don't have a lot in common. No, <laughs> a, headline, a headline set from Lionel Richie, you can twin them together now. Put that on the sign. Yeah, yeah, that's that. Wow, that's pretty <laughs> full on, isn't it? So, now, has there ever been any music Col festivals in Colwyn Bay like, Selector doesn't quite work as well. <laughs> no, it doesn't really, does it? No. Uh, just, have there ever been any music festivals? Like, have you been to any sort of, I don't know, mainstream sort of music festivals over like in Sri Lanka or? Well, so when I DJed at Electric Peacock, Basement Jacks were headlining. Oh, so, yeah. Of yeah so it was quite a, it was, uh, it was amazing. It was amazing to do that um but largely what happens and that's why we're shifting from the friday in the town you can drive to the south coast in under an hour and right. there's lots of really cheap accommodation there's really cheap hotels the backpacker hotels etc so you can just get to the coast quite easily um that's why it makes sense to do it over kind of two that means people can buy buy alone tickets for the friday Perhaps an older crowd because Lionel Richie's headlining, <laughs> local crowd, people flying fly on the Saturday and the Sunday from India and from everywhere. So the weekend, the Friday is much more about live music, but the, the Saturday, Sunday is about kind of DJ culture. Let's go into it then.
What's so, uh, what's your Saturday now? Well, okay, so we need to start off with um, probably. Uh, so you're starting off the day probably at two, about one o'clock, right? Mm-hmm. Do- doors will open, right? So in that respect, you could probably get some local guys just to DJ. It's fine. It's fine just yeah. to warm up the crowd and, and get a sense of what it's all about. Um, I think that you would want, and it's going to be quiet. I'd like Jonas Blue to DJ because he's a friend. I see ya. Who knows the secret tomorrow will hold? We don't really need to know. Cause you're here with me now, I don't want you to go. You're here with me now, I don't want you to go. Maybe we're perfect strangers. Maybe it's not forever. Uh, and he's got that kind of global pop sound that really, really I mean, he's done tracks with everyone, right? Done tracks with all these pop singers and all that. Uh, and he's a pal, so it'd be a good one to get. And I know that he really can get a crowd moving on the Saturday yeah. night. Jonas Blue will be unbelievable, right? He'd be, um, he'd be great. Uh, just trying to think of who I've seen DJ that. I think the... Saturday afternoon, I think it's weird. You want someone who, I'm just trying to think of someone who can do really good. I think Trevor Nelson to do a funk old school set would be great. Yeah. Kind of mid afternoon, people just dancing away, and DJ Spoonie as well. Because it's Spoonie nice. plays really good soft, like not not soft. That's not the right word, but really good house and garage sets. So picking up the picking up the pace throughout into the sunset. With do you uh, how how far do you go back with those guys? Yeah, yeah. See, this is all my crew. So these are old. Apart from um, apart from uh, Jonas Blue. The, the, these are guys that I know, and I I, I think that I could get them to do really good sets that and they're brilliant at reading crowds so i yeah. think that you know in the day you you want music that you you recognize you understand because you're not you're not you're not doing a couple of jack and jills do you know what i mean where really as soon as, <laughs> as, soon, as soon as the as soon as the beat pumps in like you're good right as long as you've got a drop a build up and a drop you're happy really yeah um right but in the day when you're not that, when you're sipping drinks and you're just, you know, you just want to have a little boogie, people like Spoonie and uh, and Trevor Nelson are, are brilliant at that. They're absolutely, and they can take it anywhere. I mean, Trevor can play you a Bowie record one moment and then a Lauren Hill the next. And I've heard him do that, um, which is great. But look, I, And it works. He does it well. He does it very well. He's a, he's a, he's a top, like a top draw selector but i'm also worried that a lot of these djs i'm talking about are in their 50s so you know you'd have to for the big saturday night dj now if cost was not an issue right it's not mate podcast gonna be big we're gonna get the sponsorship in we're gonna good, get- good, <laughs> good 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 well squarespace think, have got a lot of money <laughs> i think that you would i would get i would get calvin harris and nice. I get example, right? Because 
I've seen example play in Manchester recently, and he's again Elliot is an old mate of mine, and he's just so good live. I've never been afraid of the highest heights or afraid of flying. I've never been afraid of the wildest fights, not afraid of dying. But now I'm off this ride 'cause she's scaring me, and I don't like where we're going. His songs are just absolutely anthemic. Cause you changed the way you kiss me. Look, I'm not looking. This is not. This is not the coolest, right? This is not the underground. This isn't Marianne Hobbs territory, right? And Marianne Hobbs, I love, and she's got an amazing yeah. selection of music. But this is not her type of festival, right? This is a hands in the air, unashamedly rave party holiday festival on one of the most beautiful oh. islands on planet Mate, Earth. You gave me shivers then when you, when you were going through that. Honestly, yeah. Oh, I want to be there, especially as nice. No, because no, I was just I was thinking like I was like. It would be so easy to say, I don't know, justice or something, and justice are great, but yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, or some kind of French electro sort of thing. But example, and Calvin Harris have got so many bangers, so many bangers. Have you got people featuring, like, with you know, Calvin Harris has pretty much DJed or produced everyone? Well, I'm I'm quite conscious that I don't have, I just don't have enough women in this in this setup like it's all blokey and um you know other than joy crooks at the moment it's all blokes pretty much which is which is rubbish so i think that i've got to i'm just trying to think kind of who really that i've seen over the years there was a dj actually who was bloody amazing at um warehouse project how about how do you rate Annie Matt? Um, yeah, I like I like Annie. I like Annie. I've not seen a DJ enough to really. I know she's a brilliant presenter, radio presenter, and obviously she's a great club DJ because she's one of the most in demand DJs around in the UK. Um, but I don't know if I've seen this other female DJ that night was so good. My wife and I were like, oh, you are unbelievable. Um, I'll tell you one person I want for the Sunday is Jam Supernova. I want her to DJ um, Radio One Extra's Jam Supernova. I think she is, her selections are amazing. Perfect, yeah. kind of come down, just, you know, not intense really cool should we do this on then then if you um if you get the name of that of that other one then we can uh yeah i'm just trying to but i didn't go to any of the it was a night i think it was the same night annie mack was playing but she played on new year's eve but she played also before that i'm just trying to find the lineup because she would have been god her website's all over the shop 
they basically <laughs> they basically they basically did weekends right just friday yeah. saturdays wasn't it yeah pretty much did you go to many last year i went to two or three and i really loved them i had a really good time skepta one had a great time i'll try and find it anyway so sunday um yeah let's do sunday sunday i'd like disclosure when a fire starts to burn, right, and it starts to spread, she gonna bring that attitude home. You don't want to do nothing with their life. When a fire starts to Nice. Right, as well. So I think on the Sunday afternoon. And I'd like... So disclosure in the afternoon then, yeah. Yeah, and Jazzy B, Soul to Soul Sound System. Yeah. It's quite old, man. Like, I've got to be a bit more... Friday is quite cool because it's got a lot of the young um, things. But I, I recently saw an amazing boiler room um, uh, DJ set, which was just so, so good. Um, and actually, I'll do that instead of uh, Soul to Soul. When you talk about, like... We mentioned it with Trevor Nelson and Spoonie, and then you mentioned again with Jam Supernova how good their selections are. With with bands and stuff like guitar bands, obviously they go in with knowing what their set list is going to be. Do yeah. DJs come out with like what a basic idea is and then react to what the crowd want, or do they have a fully formed set in their head when they come out? I think DJs do it differently, Johnny. Um, um, I remember that I was told that Annie Mac used to be very, very, in her earlier days, very, very kind of planned. Uh, and then other DJs have no idea. I mean, I used to plan sets on my Serato, so I knew what would go into what and how it would understand. But then sometimes you just, but then you jump over three or four tracks because it, it wasn't working, or you knew that that track wouldn't drop in quite the same way as another track. So it's much more fluid than a band set especially if you're a young band where you've got eight songs or whatever and you've got to stick to them. Like if you've got a set of 25 songs because you've got seven albums, you can kind of go, right, we're not going to do that one. We'll do this one yet. But not with um, DJ sets, you know, they can be very, very fluid. But, and they should be, right? You should be able to read that room and read the atmosphere and, have a selection of tracks that you can play you know when to play a house is it have you ever had like have you ever completely got it wrong like read the room wrong and thought like that you, you've thrown a spanner in the works and thought everyone is going to love this and it's just completely fallen flat yeah i mean that that happens per track more than an entire set i guess you know you just go and you just you want to push them more than they want to be pushed or you're not you're not commercial enough or yeah it's 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 interesting that the science of that trying to kind of work out i'm just trying to think of times where there has been times usually where it's the more, more commercial things yeah you know so student union like freshers weeks or something where you've just kind of emptied a room and then you're like, fuck. And then you've got to get them back up again, right? And you've got to start. So you play Mr. Brightside by the Killers and everyone comes back in again. <laughs> you know I mean? So, you know, it's, uh, you know, sometimes you've just got to be kind of really 
obvious about it. But yeah, I mean, it's that's the that's the thrill and the and the terrifying thing about DJing is that you just don't know, right? You just you just don't really know. I think you know if you're of a certain stature. You know, if you're Andy C, or if you're Carl Cox, or you're Calvin Harris, Tiesto. Like if you're yeah. that level of DJ, then the hero worship levels involved are so big that you can do kind of what you want. I remember seeing standing behind Fabio and Groove Rider, the kind of legendary drum and bass DJ, standing behind them on stage at Glastonbury. And I've never seen anything like it. Like I've just never seen uh, an, an audience like that. It was just the best thing I've ever seen. Why? What What do you think of um, What do you think of like massive name DJs? I, I don't know. I can't think off my head any examples. Maybe Tiesto's done it, but you show up and get paid, you know, a fat wedge and just plug in a USB. Do a lot of them do that? Yeah. Well, the, the, to be fair to them, the USB is just there now. Their record box. So yeah, the, the, US, the USB is not DJing for them. The USBs just have all the music on so it just means you don't have to take bags of vinyl or cds with you you just have everything on your laptop all the mps drop and drag and drop into your usbs and then you plug your usbs in and then suddenly the tracks are there but you still have to select right, them right. And you still have to mix them and all that so that in itself but i did a, an unnamed radio one dj once dj'd um <laughs> before me and uh, no, after me, that was, he DJed after me. And uh, he was a daytime Radio 1 DJ back in the days. And um, I, I said, all right, cheers, man, I've got to go, right? And he was like, yeah, cool, cool. And he came and gave me a hug. And as he was hugging me, the music from one track mixed into another song. <laughs> right? So he'd had pre-mixed <sighs> CDs, right? So that the, right. the producer... Like, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Do, do so DJs they were, they, do that? Yeah, yeah, no, but I don't, I don't think credible. Like, I'm not saying this person wasn't credible, but the thing was, he was a, he's an entertainment DJ. Yeah. Like, he's there to go, everybody put your hands in the air, and then play like a S Club 7 Mega Mix, right? Like, he, <laughs> like that's what they're there to do. So they don't need to, to be thinking about beat matching, and they'll probably yeah. get a producer at the radio station to mix it, pre-mix it for them, you know? For your Sunday headliner, how attempted are you to revive the revival of rap days and pick MC Crazy A to close out the whole festival? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, there comes a point where you realise that the commercial reality <laughs> outweighs the ego. And <laughs> you realise that actually... And also, when I, when I kind of became more backstage, you know, when I was a publicist... I quite enjoyed that, right? You know, being on the stage is fun, it's fine. Due to technical difficulties, the podcast cut out at this point. Let's get right to the end. Nihal's festival is called Colombo Selector <laughs> in, of all places, Colombo. So the first uh, day, the first day of the festival is literally a daytime. So we, I think we finish at 9 p.m. 
So Friday day in Colombo City Centre is Easy Life, followed by Jacob Collier and Joy Crooks. Then it kind of hots up a bit as we get into the evening. Giles Peterson, followed by Bill Withers, followed by Kendrick Lamar, followed by Lionel Richie, of all people. Um, I mean, I did only ask for three headliners, but, you know, he can do what he wants. It's his festival. Saturday, we drive over to the coast, and it's starting at 1 p.m. We're starting with some local DJs, then some of Nahal's old colleagues and friends, with Trevor Nelson and DJ Spoonie. We've then got Jonas Blue, and then the headliners of that night, unashamedly, unabashedly, example and Calvin Harris with just all the big bangers. Sunday, I don't really know where we ended up with Sunday, but I know that uh, Jazzy B, Soul to Soul, Jazz System, uh, Jam Supernova, who is of Radio 1 Extra, and we'll go with Disclosure as the headliner, shall we? I think that sounds as good as anything. Uh, Nahal, thank you so much for joining us and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks for talking us through Colombo Selector. Colombo Selector, baby. Colombo Selector, boys. <laughs> I'll see you in work soon, mate. Come. Take care, boys. Thank you. Nice one, bro. Oh, hello, you're still with us. That was episode four of Your Fest podcast with Nihal, Arthur and Ike. A bit different to some of the festivals that we've had so far, I think. A bit of a different vibe, different music. Um, yeah, sort of and location-wise, wow. Like, I mean, incredible. Um, no, I enjoyed that because uh, I've worked with Nihal. He's a good guy. He's, he's a mate. And he has absolutely uh, imperious taste. Uh, and as you said, incredibly diverse all yeah, over I the think, place. Yeah, complete, completely different sort of, you know, genres. Like, like we've had a lot of guitar music so far in the episode. And I think some DJ, some, you know, hip hop and different things like that. Some like chilled dance music as well. It's nice to yeah. have a bit of variation here and there. Yeah, it's great. Great stuff. Nice one, Nahal. Thanks, Nahal. Um, oh, hello. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed if you've enjoyed your fest podcast um uh, please leave us a nice review also tell your friends about us because we're really working on word of mouth at the moment and um, tell them to follow us on twitter and instagram at your fest podcast you can follow nihal on twitter at the real nihal you can follow me on twitter at johnny gabriel and you can follow tommy on twitter and instagram if you really want to see photographs of <laughs> his life at... <laughs> i'm very active as well uh, at tom andrew stew and we'll see you again next week for another delightful episode of Your Fest. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> bye. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.